The Spin-Off Podcast Network. Ready to rediscover the joys of cycling? With over 300 kilometres of cycle paths across Tamaki Makoto, jumping on your bike and going for a ride is such a fun way to discover the city from a different perspective. Cycling is getting more and more popular across Auckland, so now's a great time to join the hype and give cycling a go. Head to at.govt forward slash cycling to find your nearest cycleway today. Are you making the most of your KiwiSaver investment? Generate is an award-winning KiwiSaver provider with a track record of strong long-term performance. Making a smart decision now could add tens of thousands of dollars by the time you reach retirement. Book a no-obligation chat with a Generate KiwiSaver advisor today at generatekiwisaver.co.nz slash advice. A copy of the product disclosure statement is available at generatekiwisaver.co.nz. The issuer of the scheme is Generate Investment Management Limited and, of course, past performance does not guarantee future returns. Welcome to Dietary Requirements, the spin-off food podcast. Call Simon Day Toko Ingawa. And I am your host. As always, I'm joined by my friends Alice Neville, the spin-off food editor. Kia ora. You can probably hear Alice uh, seasoning our big jug of Bloody Mary. It's looking good. And we've yes, got it is. food boss of delicious business, uh, Sophie Gilmore, <laughs> fresh off a flight from the US. Kia ora, Simon. Welcome home. Thanks very much. And uh, another person returning home today is uh, our special guest and close friend of the spin-off, Metro Magazine editor, Henry Oliver. Kia ora. Kia ora, Henry. Hi, guys. Henry is with Hi. us today because last night he had the formidable, uh, <laughs> intimidating... And yeah. probably quite scary task of deciding the best restaurants in Auckland. Uh, Alice was also on the judging panel. I was. Wasn't decided last night, but you know, yeah. <laughs> Announced <laughs> last night. It was a joke. <laughs> but thank you for having us last night, Henry. Oh, thanks for coming. It was, was really, really fun. Cool. I'm so um, envious. I really yeah. loved it last year. And so I was nice. sad to miss it. I mean, not that I would be invited, but I was sad to miss it. Well, as a food influencer and co-host of Dietary Requirements. <laughs> I don't know if that cuts top it. You'd be top of the I list. actually went as um, Everybody Eats Plus One last year. So that you was did. a good way to weasel in there. Mm. But I drank a billion Negronis. Um, <laughs> I drank a yeah. million. Simon <laughs> is absolutely professional at getting his money's worth out of any free, free gig. Free well, there, when when Campari came on as a, as a sponsor, there was sort of some concern that it would lead to a kind of unruly drunkenness. And so we actually kind of, they talked about um, sort of starting the night with Negronis and then segueing into Campari and sodas. But then... They were just walking around with like huge trays of Negronis all night. <laughs> coming at you from all angles. Yeah. I think also a lot of people don't know what Negroni is and because it's become more trendy, they say, I'll have a Negroni. Yeah. It's straight liquor. Yeah. You it's know, delicious though. It's oh, like, so oh, good. Yeah, it's yeah. so good. But I think but it that... Fuck you up. Yeah, we went yeah. to a... I'm, I did um, some cocktails for a friend's 30th last year and one of the things that I did was Negroni. And it's like the kind of drunkenness that just smacks you in the face about an hour later. So the yeah, party went yeah. from being quite civil to just, what have I done within an hour? 
That happened to me last night. It was one of those ones where I was talking to myself in the mirror in the toilet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, Having boy. a word with yeah. Simon. Yeah. You're doing good, Simon. But as yeah. a result, we're all a little You're hungover. Cool. So um, today we're eating our favorite hungover food. I've brought cold pizza. Uh, Sophie's made the most delicious pimped out uh, packet ramen with dumplings. Um, so good. We've got a Bloody Mary courtesy of Melissa at the Ponsonby Road Bistro. Yep. Cooked up by Alice uh, just now. Should I pour it? Please. Dude, pour it. Mm. And, but I want to tell you all what I've got for my hangover food. Cheezles. Yay. I just can't. <laughs> I can't cheer. That's very loud on the microphone as well. I'm, I'm, willing, to, I'm willing to taste food one. Food of the gods. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually judging you. <laughs> so we're gonna, I feel sorry for you. We're going to munch away and drink away feeling a little sorry for ourselves. Sophie can count as being hungover because she's very jet lagged. Yeah, yeah, I'm in. Always in for a drink. But we're going to talk about how you choose the best restaurant in mm-hmm. Auckland and why those that won won. But sure. first, we have um, a shout out to our wonderful sponsors, Freedom Farms. They make the fu- food section and dietary requirements possible. And they believe that everyone who eats meat has a responsibility to know how those animals were farmed. And they're dedicated to providing you with the best pork, free range chicken, and eggs. You can buy their bacon, you can buy their eggs, and you can buy their chicken at all good supermarkets. And if you can't, you should go tell their manager at that supermarket that you want it. You can also read about the diverse world of bacon cuts on thespinoff.co.nz. That's a cool story written by Sophie. And it shows you all the best recipes with the different cuts because you shouldn't use streaky for everything. Touche. And bacon is also one of the uh, world's great hangover cures. So thank you, pigs, and thank you, Freedom Farms, uh, for looking after us. So, Henry, how long did it take you to get through the judging process? The We sort of judged in two parts. So we had the kind of initial run, uh, which was, I guess, I think about two months long, which was 12 judges, um, including Alice, each had a sort of varying number of assignments, but mostly around sort of five or six restaurants. Came back um, from there, we s- tried to find out like which decisions we could come to, uh, which needed to be revisited, rechecked, and then gradually made our way towards category winners. And then once we had the category winners, we invited a guest judge over from Australia. Uh, we spent a weekend taking him to the six category winners, and he chose the supreme winner from those six. Who is he? Pat Nurse. So he is uh, creative director of Food and Wine Festival of Melbourne, uh, previously of Gourmet Traveller. He is also uh, the New Zealand, Australia, and Oceania judge, head judge, chair judge, something for World's Top 50 Restaurants. So, oh, nice. I love that you did that. I think also that... That halts a few of the naysayers in their tracks. I yeah. think people feel as though there's a lot of bias and a lot of repetition. Yeah. And it's a really great shout to just bring someone objective in. I yeah. think it's it's a mixed thing because we were conscious of that. Like we wanted an, an outsider. Um, that's great. We you know we we didn't think oh my god it's he could pick. Um, you know Cassia was a category winner. He could come over and pick Cassia, um, and. You know, Sidden Chand would have won for the fourth year in a row. You know, yeah. like that could have happened. And and even though 
you know, and that's a weird kind of editorial outcome, but you know, yeah. that could happen, you know. Yeah, but yeah, also, yeah. you know, we we knew that he would see things differently than we would. You know, he doesn't um, he doesn't know which restaurants are kind of cool or which restaurants people are bored of or which restaurants are, you know, always super busy and which, yeah, you know, one like, of the you things, know, isn't it? The people always say, oh, the foodies talk about the same restaurants, the foodies go to the same restaurants. Yeah. And then, you know, Joe Blogs will say, but is this representative of what Aucklanders think and, yeah. you know, that kind of thing. So I think yeah. I just think it's a really great move. Yeah, same. Genius. And despite a good night for Sid and Chan, restaurateur of the year, uh, Cassia won best casual. Is that yes. the right category? Best smart. Best smart. Mm. Uh, <laughs> 16 categories, I can't remember. No, exactly. no, fair enough. I've, I've got a list. But it was... Um, Did one of their staff win something too? It was... Mm. It was pasture and it's chef uh, Ed Werner who took out the Supreme Award and Best Chef Award. I've yet to eat at pasture. Henry, it's a unique experience. It's unlike any other restaurant in uh, New Zealand, probably. Yeah. Can you tell me what it's what it's like to sit at a so, room of six people? <laughs> so there's six seats um, along the bar at the pass. Um, two seatings a night. You you book for either five forty five or eight fifteen. You you know when you book, you get an email that says. Be on time, you know, or be early. So you, <laughs> uh, we booked for the 8.15, turned up at 8.10, and you go to the door and it's locked. So you pull up the handle and it's locked. And you think, right. this is a really weird thing. This is not hospitality, you know, that like, like that's not, doesn't feel hospitable. And then you see a sign and it says doors open and they, they open at exactly that time. Ed comes through, opens the door, brings you in, pours you your first drink, which is a... Um, a non-alcoholic drink, and you're for the next sort of three plus hours. You're just taken care of by three people: Ed and his two chefs, uh, Agata and Tatsuya. And there's just the three chefs. There's uh, no one else. There's no one else there. There's no uh, front of house. Um, they are the front of house. There's no. There's no one pouring your wine. They're pouring your wine. There's no one making your cocktails. They're making your cocktails. They're sweeping the breadcrumbs from the bar. They're, they're cooking, obviously, all the food. And all of that happens, like, right in front of you. Like, you are... From scratch? No, so there's things sort of... Um, it's, it's hard... Some of it's kind of hard to tell. I mean, there are things sort of prepped, yeah. obviously. But it sounds like it's not just an assembly piece in front no. of you. Like, they're really oh, preparing. Oh, no, no. Food. So, and, and because... It's quite theatrical in that way, in a very sort of thespian sense, where like you'll be eating something and you'll see right in front of you um, most of the folks, most of the foods also cooked over an open flame. By the way, so they'll hang a basket of tomatoes sort of high over the flame. And you, know, you see that happening. You're like, oh yeah, and then in sort of four dishes time, those tomatoes are your dish, and you you know it's sort of thirty minutes later or something, yeah, yeah, and you're yeah. like, and and there's a lot of that kind of. You see prep happening. You see foreshadowing. Um, you see people working on something. And you're like, you, and you know, you're like, huh, what's that? And then, and then, forty minutes later, that that'll be your dish. You know, it's, it sounds really um, like a performance. It know? is. Would it you, is. Yeah. Would you want to go with a group of six, or is it better that there's just two of you <laughs> and you're focusing on what's happening? I mean, I went as a peer. 
there's not a lot of room in the initial kind of so that's to get into the kind of detail that's the sort of savory courses you're at the bar then you retire to the lounge for oh. the dessert courses and you sit on couches and chairs for dessert if you go in the first seating you're having dessert while the next six come into the bar okay but if you're in the second seating you're just sitting around oh. by yourselves in the, in the restaurant you know and it's candlelit so yeah it, it's I mean, I, I was talking about this um, with my wife who I went with and, you know, we had, you know, we're now talking about like maybe it'd be interesting to try it with it, maybe even just four people. Maybe or, just you not know, someone see, you only see once a year yeah, in case you don't get to chat. Yeah, and yeah. It's, it's not, I mean, it's. I think that needs to be said, you know, it's not a restaurant for every occasion. Um, it's probably not the best place to sort of, you know, catch up with your sibling who lives overseas or to get, I mean, you know, well, you do end up drinking quite a lot, i got to say, True. Um, if you do the alcohol pairing. Um, How much does it cost? It's so it costs a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's the most expensive set menu in Auckland. I'm sure you, you could spend more. Is it two fifty a head? It's, something like it's, that? I think the, it changes menu oh, to menu. I think the current menu is two forty. Yeah. Um, you know, wines are, you know, the alcoholic pairing was a hundred and something, hundred. I always find that quite fascinating because, well, New Zealanders typically um, spend the same amount on booze as they do on food. Oh, right. So I would have thought that the split would be a bit different. But then also yeah. there's a, a non-alcoholic pairing, which is almost as expensive as the alcoholic mm. pairing. So and that's, it is amazing. That's sort yeah, of like, they were yeah, giving a amazing. lot of praise about that. That's like they? $90. Yeah. And, um, I I went the last night of a week, so I went on a Sunday night. So they were getting rid of a lot of the non-alcoholic beverages that they prepared and some of the sort of you know perishable fruit stuff. Yes. And so I actually was lucky enough to get sort of around half of the uh, courses, the non-alcoholic as well. And, right. and it's 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 amazing. I mean, it's, it's kind of like it's non-alcoholic drinks, kind of like. I've just never really had anywhere else. What is the yeah. one? Someone was telling me that they had it the other day. God, this is hopeless of me. And it is um, it's something you would absolutely not expect to drink. Like, it's not fruit. Was there a fish? They there's, make some crazy stuff. So. Yeah, there's some sort yeah. of, there's a fish-based beverage, I think, that oh God, is wow. part of the non-alcoholic accompaniment yep. and apparently delicious. Oh. But yeah. it certainly threw me off. Yeah. <laughs> fish-based beverage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you saw all this is happening, you know, and and I mean I should mention that you you say theatrical, and the most theatrical thing is there's a dish called New Zealand Wagyu and ACDC, and if you go to the second seating, before he cooks the steak over this open flame, the lights go down. ACDC's Hell's Bell starts playing quite loud. It's like ding. These bells, and then he's just fanning the fuck out of the flame, and it gets the flame gets really big, and then he's cooking these steaks on this like super big <laughs> it flame. Sounds like a spoon. And there's this like it kind of is, and it's like and it, and there's this ACDC song blaring, and um, it could be so wrong, but it's so right when you're there. You know? Awesome. <laughs> yeah, well, that's and that's it, right? You want an immersive experience, particularly if it's as intimate as there. That and that one, really that one dish yeah. of the year. That was, that was the winner of the dish of the year, yeah. And it was, I mean. Did it blow your mind? It blew my mind. And it wasn't just that. I mean, if, if that had happened in a back room, 
and he bought that dish out. I mean, I can't say because I you know, haven't experienced this, but it was one like that one was one of the dishes where I was just like, "Holy shit, this is something you're so familiar with, and it's just the best version I've ever tasted." <laughs> you know, awesome. like it's steak and some a sort of a roll of of greens, you know, That's and, what and I a, love, a though, sauce. When you know? people really passionately cook. And absolutely get the best out of the ingredients. Like, yeah. That's what chefs are supposed to do, right? Yeah. yeah. And then, I mean, and then, you know, and then he brings down the cow later and, you know, he's bought this, he, he's bought this uh, Wagyu cow from um, this guy cow. who, like, he's he only sells. <laughs> Not a living cow. <laughs> it's a, like pastures the only restaurant he oh. sells to in New Zealand. The rest of it goes to Japan. And he can only get it because he buys the whole cow, yeah. and you know he he ages it himself. Like so, you know it's in this it's in on his premises for three months before he starts cutting into it's it. It's just turbo everything. It's everything. It? It's yeah. turbo everything, and that's what you you know like it's the most expensive. It's you know it's probably the most expensive restaurant in Auckland, but it's probably one of the least profitable restaurants in Auckland. Yeah, you know? yeah, totally. Imagine the yeah. I mean, the it, wage. it wasn't shy about sort of sharing that last night it was it was interesting it was no it's 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 real for him you know like he's um he you know uh, there's a, a piece in the new issue that um i wrote about pasture and you know he was saying that he needs uh, 10 people a night to break even and if you think about 12 people can come a night yeah. If you fall short of that you know that's really hard to make up you know yes. like yeah. um that's 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 a kind of razor edge. And and do you know what I would say to that though? Is is that sustainable? I mean, maybe maybe he should just oh, tweak no. it to be a little bit more profitable and give himself a little bit of breathing room. That yeah. sounds that sounds <laughs> agonizing. And I mean, I know how it feels. <laughs> there is no stone on your chest like the financial pressure stone when you run a restaurant. Yeah. yeah. Hard to breathe. Well, what surprised me was that he got two succeeds through kind of financial problems so that you know they had I think they opened at um, 30 seats quite quickly went yes. down to 24 went to 20 and then you know they were just not filling 20 seats yeah. and he just cut it and cut it and cut staff until mm. it was just what if I just had six people you know <laughs> and yeah and what if we don't have front of house because you know his um his, his wife was the you know front of house for a, for a long time and she left him and uh, he was like what if I don't replace that role what if we just do it you yeah. know like and find chefs who want to do this you know want to do this kind of it. thing I think that it's um, really cool the flexibility or at least the willingness to revisit the restaurant model as yeah. it is you know we've got immigration tightening up we've got food costs rising now we've got wages rising as well, and something's got to give. And whether we can pass it on to the consumer and get away with it is a whole other question. But, you know, maybe you do need to rethink the model and go, how do we do this? Like, yeah. Yeah. can normal restaurants just move to counter service so they don't have to have floor staff? Or, yeah. you know, yeah. things like that need to be considered. Yeah, and I think for pasture, um, my assumption is that if if it got popular enough, you know, Maybe he could do a third seating. Yes, you know, do yeah, one a little cool. earlier, and then kind of pull the rest later. And then, if you had eighteen people, you you maybe only need, yeah, you know, then twelve a night. It. You know, yeah. and then and then you can actually start, yeah, making money. You know, 
Yeah, and I feel like the um, I've never spoken to anyone that's eaten at pasture that hasn't really loved the experience. Yeah. And that really ranges from, like, friends' parents that are in their 70s that are just so wowed and impressed by the innovation, right down to people that decided to go and fork out in the city that they live in mm. just out of curiosity. So that's cool because I think it's not for everyone, that kind of dining. And, yeah. you know, the whole my, – my mum, for example, she's been and she really liked it, whereas had I presented it to her on a piece of paper, she would just say – must the boundaries be pushed yeah. all the time? Why yeah. can't I just have some delicious food? Yeah, and it could be quite an uncomfortable experience as well, you know, yeah. like having these people and being kind of being in their face, them being in your face. You know, they, um, you know, it's not um, loud or anything, but, you know, he does come and sort of critique the, the dish and moves things around and yeah. he sees something done in a way that uh, is not to his standards yeah. and he fixes it and, and you see all that stuff happening and it's kind of odd you know like yeah. Yeah. I think if you're not up for it you could be like I don't want to I don't want to see that stuff yeah, yeah. yeah. I went, yeah. I've been a couple of times before they went down to the six seater and even that was bloody intense you know so I can't imagine how it is now like amazing yeah mind blowing yeah but yeah it's Literally certainly amazing. different to anything else I've ever been to. Yeah, well I'm stoked for them that they've won the award and I for whatever reason haven't been there yet and I feel as though because I'm kind of in a season where I'm not that interested in fine dining but there's no excuse yeah. and I'm off to uh, pasture. It doesn't feel like fine dining in the way I've traditionally It's not. I mean it. Yeah. it is It is definitely fine dining. I mean, Yeah, the, I think the, I just looped like, it in with but that. It, it, but it's also like you, you know, you could, you could rock up there in shorts and a t-shirt. Yeah, you know, like totally. And um, the music is not what you expect, and the and the I like the all lighting of that is not yeah. what you expect. And as you know, it's as, like hipster fine dining. I remember when I, when I <laughs> yeah, went to yeah. um, Momofuku like Co. Bar fine dining. in New York years ago, and I remember yeah. it being it was it was my favorite restaurant. Experience ever because there's like sixteen seats or something, right? Twelve or maybe sixteen. Yeah. But I remember. Um, so the chefs are all wearing flat peak hats and talking to you, and there was hip hop like blaring over the speakers, and I was like, "This is fucking cool!" Like, I don't want to go and sit in a silent room that's carpeted, and you know that was for me Attica when I was in Melbourne mm. and I was about twenty one. I was like, "Oh, we might need to go and do something fun after yeah. this." Yeah, you know. Totally, and and that's I mean that's really, um, I mean I feel I feel like I said this word so much in, in my speech last night, but so much of it comes down to, to fun, you know that it is yes. like it's um, it's kind of crazy. The food is delicious, like and mind blowing and kind of sublime, but it's also really fun, you know, like like and it is it's a night, you know, it's yeah. not um, you know. It's not just a meal. No. So I think that's partly where the pricing thing comes in for me anyway is like, yes, it's really expensive. But you'd pay um, that for a ticket to Beyonce. Exactly. You know, yeah. like you would. And you would go like, you would also have to eat dinner that night and mm-hmm. buy drinks. And, you know, you like, like, I think if you think that's about fair. it slight, like, slightly different, yes, it's food. As an artist. Yes, experience. it is like dinner. It is your dinner. It's also something else. You yeah. Know? A memory and an experience. Um, 
really clever how they responded to the fact that everyone's moving away from fine dining. And, you know, there's been these headlines like, is fine dining dead? By sort of bringing in those casual, the elements of, that we love about casual dining. Mm. And, you know, just sort of mashing it up with the... Tell you who love fine dining, Americans. Really? Oh, yeah. Mm. They're still They're so weird, deep in they? it. They love it. Yeah. Americans love pasture. He he um oh, great. he gets a lot of custom from Americans, I think. Well, I went to Eleven Madison Park a couple of weeks ago and pasture sounds like more fun. <laughs> so but so it's gotta be fun. But how how do you judge a restaurant, Henry? How do you compare so the the, the um the finalists for the Supreme winner were Pasture, Cazador, Amano, Apero, Cassia and three seven two. How do you compare those two, four, six, seven restaurants, because they are very different. Yeah, I mean, so the primary thing is the food, you know, that's and that's number one, but it's certainly not everything. Um, it's the service, it's the fit out, it's the music, it's the vibe, it's the... It's Marbo. It's, it's, the, <laughs> it's, it's the, like, feel, you know, and... and um, like an overall experience. Yeah, and a lot of it is, like... Do, do you want to go back, or what, yeah. you know, do you want to send people there? And I think that was one of the things is like, um, there's a sense in which we, as a publication, are telling people like, you should go to this restaurant. Do we want to do that? Like, you know, yes. and yeah. are people going to be the responsibility of that? If someone's in Auckland for four days yeah. and they yeah. use the metro list as the things that they can't miss in Auckland. Yeah. Yeah, and, and that's that not reasonable. like that's not a surefire thing, you know, like there are, you know, everyone's got different tastes and different ex, you know ex, have has different experiences, has different expectations. So, but it's 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 our best effort to go um as if we were telling a friend like oh, you want to go to a fine dining restaurant, this is the one we think you should go to. You want to go to a casual restaurant, this is the one we think you should go to. Mm. That's And it's kind of how much you want to tell people that almost is how you kind of rank them against each other. You know, like, so how well do they fulfill what you want out of that type of restaurant? How many judges do you have? Uh, this year we had 12. Did you, was it a consensus or are there still some judges who are like, Fuck Henry, he's done what he's talking about. Not to his there, face, probably, there, Simon. No, I mean there wasn't there wasn't necessarily consensus on all awards. I think there were there were awards where there definitely kind of was consensus. Um, some of them are, you know, we get the judges to sort of um, fill out a sort of judging report, which is both um, numbers. And also, you know, words. So it's, it's a lovely a, it's a, spreadsheet. It's a description, and then it's like by the different categories, sort of points allocated to come out with a score. And then I think the biggest the biggest factor really is is sitting around a table and talking about it. And that, I think that's where you go, like, you know, what was your experience with this? How do we compare it to that? What do you guys think if this and that? And you know what I mean? Like these different kind of mm-hmm. outcomes. And um, we, you know, it's it's hard because, you know, you can't send every judge to every restaurant. So you can't get everyone going like, well, we all went to these restaurants 
And so we all can kind of rank them. Like you just can't do that. So, so do you intentionally choose a diverse panel? Yeah. I mean, we, we chose a panel. I think this is definitely a kind of issue. I mean, we chose a bigger panel than we've had for a few years at least, I think. Right. Um, That's got to be a good thing. Yeah. Um, it could be more diverse. It's, you know, it's, it, let's be honest, it's, it's predominantly white women. Uh, <laughs> so they're a lot of white women. Are they food? <laughs> All very lovely white New women. New Zealand foodies? Are they journalists mainly? Are they food critics? Yeah, a combination of combination. of all of all those. Of that, um, right. Their restaurateurs. Um, there have been ex restaurateurs. Oh, oh so in, in celebration and of Simon Gigi. Bridges, we've yeah. brought a slushing oh. machine into the office. <laughs> Thank you. And guys. it's taken a Thanks, it's taken a very long time to slush, um, but now we have uh, tequila oh, and is it orange? I don't even know what was in that one. Pa- tequila and passion fruit slushy, which is very exciting. I went home Double to get pop. all all doled up for the awards last night and left everyone else to deal with the slushy machine arrival. But, um, but I'll just I'll just I'll just say like we I think we could be more diverse. I think we want to get more diverse. Uh, you've also got I think there is a sort of there's a structural issue, if you will, that because not every judge can go to every restaurant, you it helps to kind of know something about the tastes and the interests and sort of the experience and prior experience of the judges. So they tend to be people we've worked with before yes. or people that we work with have worked with before. Sure. So that kind of limits, that's a limitation on who you yeah. can bring in. I mean, I definitely think we should we should be moving beyond that. I think more numbers sounds good. I mean, yeah. it, it gives you a fairer result in the end. I think ultimately, um, and I said this to you before, it's a bit of a thankless task in the sense that it would be difficult for you guys to make this announcement and for everyone to go, well done, Metro. Yeah. Great job. <laughs> done it again. <laughs> I, just see, I see so much criticism yeah. of it online yeah. and I hear people taking the conversation in such a different direction to what I understand is trying to be achieved by this list. So yeah. it is based on Metro's idea of what ABS yes. Restaurant yeah. is and Metro explains that every year. So that is the criteria that the restaurant that the list should then be accountable to yeah. rather than people saying, is this diverse enough? What about the cheap eats on Dominion Road? Yeah. You know, yeah. all that it's kind of thing that. because it really is a can of worms, I think. And uh, oh, totally. And I think, you know, people people want different things out of dining experiences. Um, if, you know, there is a lot of people who are more into food than they are into dining, Restaurant. I think, mm-hmm. you know, and – and there is really great food all over the place, and I mean, I think without the rest of the hospitality, and I think, I think Metro celebrates that that food as well in different contexts. Um, yeah, I love the cheap eats, but mm. it's it's you know it's a certain yeah I mean it is a certain idea of um, of what a good restaurant is, and um, and that could you know that could do with some diversification as well, of course. Um, and I think that has, you know, it has changed and will continue to change. Like what that, what a metro type of yes 
good restaurant is has has always been changing well, you know, and will continue that, to change. What is New Zealand cuisine is kind of an evolving question, isn't it? So yes, you might have a different idea next year because we have more native cuisine to choose from, yeah. and so therefore you might make a specific point of sending people to more, you know, indigenous food restaurants. But I think I think that it's. Um, on the whole, you guys do a really good job of of making something that the industry are proud of and whether or not they say they care about it. Yeah. They really do. Well, that's yeah. the thing. So, I mean, people, you know, I've had, a, you know, a few sort of nasty emails. So, and it also, it's fine. You know, it's, to me, that's saying, like, people care about it and that's great. And, and there's I mean, no one else in that lane, right? Yeah. And anyone's think, doing it? I think one of the things that needs to be kind of, well, I mean, I – see is kind of obvious but maybe isn't considered by a lot of people is that it is an editorial task and in every editorial task you're choosing something at the expense of something else so you know every story that's on the spin-off could be a different story like every time you choose to write about something you are in effect choosing not to write about an infinite array of other things, you know? Yeah, and you don't have true, five lists. Of- that's true of restaurants as well. You know, I mean, I don't know how many restaurants there are in Auckland. I would assume it's oh, heaps. 2,000. Yeah. I don't know. You know, like I would love to find out if there's 2,000 restaurants, but I would assume it's something around there. Can, can we go to those? Like, no. But, you know, yeah. so there's an editorial process on that note, do you think this is a question that I'm interested in? Do yeah. you think we have 50 top restaurants in Auckland? Do you think that number's right? I mean, I think it's generous, and I don't mean that I don't think that we that I don't think Auckland is lacking great restaurants, but I think that for the profile that this list is aimed at, I think yeah, 50's um, a lot. Yeah, yeah. I mean, right. it's funny because. Um, Lorraine Jacobs got in touch and said, why, don't, why isn't it 100 you know, or 200? Oh, you know? wow. Um, so I think... <laughs> say, who's going to pay It's also that? kind of... A, yeah, I mean, that's part of it. <laughs> yeah, but it, it, it is essentially like there is... When you're doing um, a, a list, there is an arbitrary cutoff, you know, and, and we could... Totally. You know, it would th- be awesome to see 100 or 200, but then that, I guess that would change the scope. But the, yeah. other, the other way to do it would be like... Metro's picks of the year in one yeah. year it could be twenty eight and the next year it could be forty three. Well, I always wonder why you know. Eater have that thirty eight essential restaurants list. I yeah. wonder how they landed on thirty eight yeah. and whether it's thirty eight every year. Don't know. Is that just taking the piss? No, I think I I think that that's their like they think it's a joke to be like oh, let's do it thirty eight. Yeah. Like there's no. I feel like that guy that they hire to go around the states. He's not had a home address for three years or something and he does go around the states every year and chooses the 38 essential restaurants and yeah I had always wondered whether they they thought they'd go for 50 but they didn't quite you know they weren't proud yeah. of 39 yeah yeah I mean it's 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 hard to say I mean I yeah I don't know it's it's, it's definitely that that bottom the end of the list is really difficult you know the end of the list is when you're going um, you know I think there's less separation between the restaurants that we've thought of as, say, you know, this comes out at the sort of 46th place and this yeah, one's yeah. at 53 and, you know, which ones are we going to cut to? Yeah, you there's know, not a one? huge amount of difference in um, that part of so the So that's range. really difficult. I think that's that's as much as who's going to be the winner and the runner-up of a category where you're kind of like getting into quite fine detail about, well, this wasn't quite right. You kind of 
get into that a little bit at the end of the list as well, you know, of like, well, this was just slightly better because of this. This was, you know, maybe this wasn't <laughs> as good as it could be. Yeah. You know, whereas, you know, the restaurants who kind of come into the rankings in, say, like the 30s, you know, or the, the 20s, who are probably not winning a category award, but they're just very obviously part of our top 50. Yeah. Like, they're very obviously of a standard where we consider them to be included. They're just like, oh, yeah, they're a really good restaurant. You know, they're in there. But... You've totally. You obviously you're checking to see that there's still a really good restaurant. You know, like um, that something hasn't happened over the last year or whatever. Yes. But there's probably there's less kind of concern over like fine detail. I think than the bottom of the list and and obviously the top. It's like um, inviting people to your wedding. <laughs> yeah, really exactly. The drinks at yeah. the bottom. Yeah. Totally, and and that's I mean it's really like you are, I mean you are leaving people off there, and, and, and it matters like yeah because it. it this list can define that fine balance between profit and loss. Like it, it does shape where people go, and it is really important to um, the restaurants who make it. Which I think that is why you get the angry emails, and it's why you also saw last night, which I thought was really cool. Is the first time I've been to the awards, the pride, yeah, and mm, the. Yeah. Uh, the excitement that the community had to be there. Yeah. And it was like watching um, 372 win oh, Best yeah. It was so cool. Yeah. And, I mean, I I had been dealing with, I think, you know, a lot of the disappointed people for the last kind of month um, getting, you know, occasional angry email, but also getting people like, tell us what we Yeah, can we have more feedback? And, and, yeah, I mean – that was an editorial decision to say yes. We are if, if we're asked of it, we will give feedback. And you know, we got we gave some feedback to a restaurant, um, and then they said, "Tell us more." You know, like yeah, like yeah. give us like the re- you know, t- don't be shy about it. And they said people were like crying at their work. You know, yeah. and it's like fuck. You know, I but- found that quite tough. We um. Bird on a Wire was in the Cheap Eats for four years in a row or something, and then we just got dropped off in the fifth year. And I didn't, to be honest, it wasn't a huge focus of mine, and I wasn't too worried. But the chef said that, my business partner, the head chef, said that her team were really upset. Yeah. And so I was like, all right, I'll write to them and I'll get you some but yeah, feedback. Yeah, I mean, we, we, had, um, we had a restaurant that I won't name, but they, you know, they were um, – a, a newish restaurant, and our judge uh, booked in on a Saturday night, eight o'clock, I think. Turned up, um, got told that they didn't seem to have a booking, that the booking wasn't there anymore, and that they were closing the restaurant. Ooh. And that's just like, if you're closing at eight on a Saturday, yeah, that's a you're just not. That's just not on the list because problem, we because we can't as a magazine send people there. And 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 that was a restaurant that came to us. And we're like, what happened? And we we're like, this just this we is what happened. We weren't able to like, dine with you. We didn't have your food, you know. And that really sucks. But at the same time, you you can't go. Well, we got turned away. Let's go back on Wednesday. Like I no. think, like if you go on a Saturday night and it's closed, like that's it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and and it sucks. I mean, I do think about there. There is this weird like um, I talked about this before, but there, to me, there is this like sports analogy where like. You're not on all the time. And sometimes, yeah. like, it's really bad luck that you don't perform on the day that you have to, you know, when yeah. the day that you're being judged. And 
But then consistency just, is part of exactly, what exactly. Yeah, and consistency is something that we want to recommend to our readers. You know, like yeah. and and that's what you know it's the, the magazine, ultimate name of the game. Yeah, isn't and it? the magazine's for our readers. It's not. Um, we love the industry. It's not a. It's not a tool for the industry. It's a tool for the readers. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, can I ask another question on Please. categories? Yeah. So they changed, it, it seems. Mm. So we've got yeah. smart and then we've got casual. And how does – is it, are these just the city restaurants that are not the neighbourhood restaurants? Yes. Are then put into the categories of fine dining, casual or smart? And they, yes. So, yeah, it's, a, it's basically there used to be um, inner city, city fringe. Yes, yeah. Which got quite confusing, and that horrible. got confusing, and and the word bistro, um, yes, that's started right. to sort of. I think a bistro is definitely like a type. It's a type of restaurant, you yes. know. And probably ten years ago, most of those restaurants were bistros. Like yes. they're not anymore. Like there are bistros in in those lists for sure. Also, the city's changed so much that I think the kind of you know K Road used to be City Fringe. You know, I think now K-Road is just very much part yeah, of the city. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, there, uh, there are things like that. And again, you know, there, there's, no, <laughs> there's no kind of right way to do it. But um, do they compete? They only compete against each other yeah. in their own category. Yeah, so... Apart from Supreme Winner, obviously, where they each of the winners compete against each other. Yeah, exactly. Right. Except for, I mean, you know, obviously the other things around like chef and dish and yes, all that sure. stuff. Everyone's just sort of clumped in together. You know, every chef is eligible. Yeah. It just it must be quite tricky being like Cafe Hanoi, casual, Ibisu, smart. <laughs> They're like directly yeah. across from each other, <laughs> yeah. both with the same crowd in them, you know? But, yeah. yeah, and it's it's that's partly um, just make presentation. It it's partly like I think how you would, you know, what kind of comfort level, yeah. you know, um, which, you know, who, who could you send, who would you send to mm-hmm. those different kinds of restaurants? And, yeah, I mean, like any kind of definition of anything, there are gray areas, there are gray areas yeah. and people like right at the line. It's, you know, it's, it's, not, it's not easy. I mean, I look through the list and, and I think, you know, it can be, you know, quite clear, you know, I think Apera is a, is a casual Yes, a great casual restaurant. Yeah, um, it's more, much more casual than Cassia, you know, which is a smart. Rest- yes. But it's also, you know, and then Cassia has at times um, a- quite detailed and technique-driven food. It's not fine dining, you know, like it's yeah. you know, there <laughs> you know you can get a tasting menu there, but it's not definitely not you know. Yes. Um, so yeah, it's it's tricky. Well. But, but you know, it seems to make sense. You, you seem very comfortable with where you've gone. <laughs> yeah, and I, th- I think it's it's interesting because um, you know it's my first year, it's um, Simon's first year, and when we Simon started, Green, Simon Farrell Green, um, we had a meeting at the start of the process, and we were basically like, you know, let's not really change it too much in our first year, and just do it. Like, let's have do one where we just do it, and then see see yes. what works and what doesn't. Yeah, yeah. And then as soon as we started doing it, we were both just like, oh, I want to change that, I want to change this. <laughs> and so, yeah, I think, you know, it's definitely, you know, and I, I at the, also at the start of the process, look, read through a bunch of the old Restaurant of the Year issues, um, 
sort of going back over the last I've got a stack of them with a little 15 years yeah <laughs> and you know it's amazing to see categories come and go and, and you just you realise that this is something that every editor deals with is like um, you know how do we do it what are the things we do that we do because we need to do or a good idea or we should do and then what are the things that we don't necessarily need to do but are good to do or you know what are the yes. things we can get rid of what things we can change and, and that's just a you a can't process. really ignore yeah. the trends either, can you? Because, you know, fine dining was a bit more au fait a few years ago and then we moved into bistro food and now everyone's an all-day eatery because they need yeah. to try and I mean, there yeah, used to be um, <laughs> used to be like an Italian category, yeah? yeah, best Italian restaurant. And you could see why in um, 2006 or whatever, don't quote me on that, but, you know, whenever it was, there was a number of Italian restaurants at a standard where whoever was the editor at the time deemed it valuable to readers to have a best Italian category. You know, I don't don't think we need that anymore. No. But like a lot yeah. of good Italian in the and city you, though. And yeah. you should be able to put your spin on it. Are you glad it's over? <laughs> was it it um, sounded quite stressful. It was yeah, it was really stressful. It's it's weird because um I started this, my f- my first week on the job was the very first, we call it roti, R-O-T-Y, restaurant of the year, right. my, our very first roti meeting. And so to go into this room and it's like my fourth day on the job <laughs> and I'm thinking like I'm heading into a meeting with maybe, you know, a small handful of people and just to see this like boardroom <laughs> full of people and there's people from finance and marketing and, you know, like every different sort of department because yeah. it's such a big project for both for the magazine, but for the event, you know, and it's it's really it's probably you know it's it's a huge um, marketing both tool for us, but also opportunity for other for our sort of partners and sponsors, and you know it's just a, it's a really big project, as well as you know the judging process and the editorial side. But yeah, I mean, coming sort of coming down from last night's awards, and yeah, I mean. It's just me, maybe, but I, I'm just like I just can't wait to kind of start again, like yeah. because there's, um, you know, there's so many things I want to. Now that I've done it once, like I already already want to, to do it again, like and, and keep it moving. And you know, we want to grow it. And Peugeot, who's our main sponsor, like you know, they want to grow it. Um, I think it would be cool if you filmed it because I didn't go last night, but I went last year, and. I mean, maybe it's because I love the industry so much, but I would argue that. It's a really wonderful energy in the room full of people that are really proud of yeah. not only the f- yeah. what they're doing, but it, it was really world class in the sense that people were being awarded yeah. specifically for they're the most they're the most passionate hospitality yeah, yeah, yeah. people in the country, and for yeah. me, I was like, people were winning awards and doing speeches, and I had like tears rolling oh, down yeah. my face. I mean, that, I mean, I had you know, I just had so many feels last night, and yeah. it was just so great. But you know, I mean, you, we talked about um, Pat before, and you know, that's just like, you know, I just want to get another judge next year, and you know, we yes. we we've in the magazine we've made, um, you'll see we've got this kind of. Not awards, but we've got a regional section of sort of of um, of our picks of restaurants outside of Auckland. We've picked thirty restaurants, um, which either restaurants that the judging panel have been to or go to when they leave Auckland. So or, from around New Zealand, yeah. And so we also um, sent a few people on visits for those. That's not. We haven't given awards because we haven't done it with the same rigor, 
but that's something that you know I'd love to do if we could make it work. Is, yeah, I'm you know, just expand. looking at it now, and I've actually been to. 99% of those restaurants. and that's, showing off? <laughs> that's not what I mean. What I mean Hashtag is that it's so break. great that, you know, I often feel as though I do loads of research when I'm going away and try not to miss anything and try and see what's recent. Yeah. Um, and, you know, your publication is aimed at Aucklanders, but it's so important not to dine next to the place that you should be dining at when you've got yeah. limited time. In yeah, and I mean, we've got... Um, We've recently relaunched our website, um, metromag.co.nz. And, um, spinoff.co.nz slash food. And it's, um, you know, every day, not every, you know, m- most days in the top 10 stories that people are on is where to eat in Wellington. You know, mm, and, that's, yeah. and that's been like, that's not something I would have known coming into the job. You know, that that yeah. would be, it's, you know, it's not... You know, it's not hundreds of people on the store at once, but it's just there kind of all the time. Totally. There's people um, associating our brand with this type of content. Telling and even if it's eat. out of Auckland, you know, it's it's here's what we like in Wellington. People still find it's still useful to people. And so, you know, this is an area where I, I would like to grow. It. Um, you know, I mentioned the International Guest Judge. Just continuing to expand the, the panel and, you know, and trying to expand it like, to be honest, like commercially, and, and bring in totally. bring in more money, um, so we can I like go to more restaurants. Too, you, know? <laughs> you know, like it says things like we like Earl very much. <laughs> the White House in Wanaka doesn't mention the um, lunatic that owns it. You should send someone there. It's an oh, app. Simon loves that that restaurant. It and, is absolutely uh, hysterical. Yeah. The guy was rolling a joint while we were paying our bill last nice. time we were there, and he just tells people to fuck off if he's too busy when they come in the door. <laughs> and heaps of people hate it, but the food is epic. Well, Simon was like, "Oh, I've got this place in Wanaka. It's amazing, but but people will hate us for it." <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. I was like, "Oh, you got to put that. You oh, have you to made put that." It sound really <laughs> yeah. tame, which is what I think is quite funny. I look forward to you getting some feedback. <laughs> well, con- congratulations, Henry. It was Thank a really you. <coughs> Excuse me. It was a really good night, and glad, not a not a small enjoyed it. not a small feat. And I'm worried that you're like a pregnant woman who forgets what it's. Oh, sorry, a woman who forgets what it's like to give birth for the fact that you want to go and do it all again. Yeah. I think that's what making a magazine is like. Every, yeah, every issue. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You like finish it, and you're like, shit. Who let's was do the it MC again. this year? It was, it was me just and, <laughs> and, Simon. and Simon Farrell Green. Yeah, oh, we, we did the whole thing, and that what was—I mean, that was this year, like last that was, year. Yeah, Dynamic duo. That was kind of part of it. Like, you guys um, just we all, all good in your own ways. Um, I think we thought that it was kind of more honest and sort of more direct to like. Um, you know, we're the ones that are, are really responsible for. Yeah, you're going to stand up and face it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And, I and, it was I, good. and I think like it, it felt right that you know not only do we celebrate um, the achievements of the winners and you know hand them awards and shake their hands and all of that, but you know like you're also telling people you didn't win. Yeah, and it's yeah. me. It's me telling you that. You know, like and yeah, that's um, nice. And then you get off stage and, and they're there and you talk to them afterwards. And and you know I. I I see the advantage. was quite a hoot last year. I'm sure, yeah. But I, had, but I have to say, I wasn't, yeah, I guess I didn't, but he was a professional MC more than a food person. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's part of I mean, you know, that's part of it. And it Made for some good lols. But, There's um, no way Clark looked as good as you did Oh, last thank night. you. I've never oh. seen Henry looking so flash, <laughs> although he still was wearing a T-shirt. But uh, guys, I need to see some photos. Oh, I've got some. Um, but there was another it. thing where we could like, you know, that was some, let's be honest, that was some money we could shave off and, 
Yeah. You know, yeah. getting this guy from Australia is really expensive. And, you know, like, like it's, it's all you about kind of priorities, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. I think it was a good good call. I'm really, really gutted I wasn't there. What's Next finish, year? the biggest reason you should be gutted that you weren't there, and I'd like to finish our chat about the awards by giving out my own final award, and that's to Sexiest Chef oh. uh, in Auckland 2019. Yeah. Darius Lolaye. Mm. He's yeah. always going to be him. He's so hot. <laughs> Darius so hot. is handsome, isn't <laughs> We love you, Darius. I want Darius to rescue me from the bush and carry me out on his shoulders. <laughs> like a pig. He's just yeah. shot. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. like the hunting analogy. <laughs> but into um, our little segment section. Our first uh, today is our new one, OTP. What's, oh. It's our drinks segment, Alice, on the oh. purse. Got it. Oh, yeah. I know. <laughs> I've read the email. Carry no, on. We, we made it up on the fly last month, so. Oh, yeah. Um, and it's hard to remember things when you're um, <laughs> embedded in uh, ice cream. Today we're drinking the Ponsonby Road Bistro's Bloody Mary. Uh, Melissa and her team won the award last night for Best Drinks List. Again. So we gave her a quick call um, this morning and she sent an audio message via WhatsApp. That's very uh, charming. Melissa did. Yeah, yeah. yeah um, I am flabbergasted. I struggled to get an email back from her. Dictating the uh, recipe for her Bloody Mary. Do you want to tell us about it, Alice? Yes, I will. First, I'd like to apologise because... It's far too diluted because I couldn't get cold tomato juice, so I just got it from Countdown. So I put heaps of ice in, but now the ice is melted and it's all a bit watery. I However, think, I think it's delicious. Think it's really okay. Good. It's good. Yeah, so what you do, says Melissa, is. I'm looking forward I'll to put, her descriptive I'll, language. Yes. She started by saying, I kind of transcribed it. The recipe for the best bloody merit. Now, what's her voice? It's South, kind of South African. It's South African, anyway. but she, yeah, she, people think she's British. Yeah, so vodka. She said, you might want to, 60 mils of vodka, you might want to make it 75 mils. Oh, a, go wild, Melissa. Te- this is all in one glass. A heaped teaspoon of horseradish, about a tablespoon of freshly juiced lemon juice, a generous splash of Worcestershire sauce, I like quite a bit, a generous shaking of Tabasco sauce, to your preference, but we believe eye-poppingly hot is good, a big slosh of medium cream sherry. We left that out because we're not bougie enough. We couldn't find any sherry yeah. at the last minute. Crack of pepper, big pinch Mm. of good salt, and if you just stir that gently together, take your tomato juice, which is chilled, so you don't have to add too much ice. (laughs) We don't like diluting our drinks too much with water, that's the problem with mine. Shake the bottle of tomato juice, top up the glass, put in a few cubes of ice, then a lovely big crack of pepper on the top, and then I seem to have cut off the bit where she said... Garnish with a lovely stick of celery, and if you, they sometimes put a jalapeno pepper or some nice green olives on a. They stick. do, Chuck yes. It in there. Why do Bloody Marys work? I know for one thing, the peak of your hangover is when you're finally at zero blood alcohol and you're going into massive withdrawals. Oh. Yeah, I was going to say, mm. isn't it just the hair of the dog? So you're, you're treating your withdrawals, but is it also because you're having like. One of, one of your five <laughs> plus a day? Two of your five plus a day? I mean, I love the intense. <laughs> you can probably tell yourself I love that. the savouriness, the umami of a Bloody Mary. Oh, it's so good. I think the spice is also... Spice um, is important, yeah. Pe- often people say that spice helps with their hangover. That's why I, um, I like the ramen particularly spicy. I think Bloody Marys is one of the highest risk drinks. That A good Bloody Mary is so good. A, bla- a bad Bloody Mary is one of the worst bad drinks. Isn't oh, it? Like, yeah. It's just awful. Warm and done badly. With, if, I think if they miss the horseradish, it's um, always disappointing. And I also think that um, 
there is an element of Bloody Marys. Often it's the second one that is the cure. So it's just, it is just, you're forgetting about the hangover because you're getting mm. a bit pissed again. Yeah. So in Cook's Corner, Henry, we offer a tip um, oh, yeah. about, you know, from our own personal knowledge of cooking mm-hmm. uh, for our readers. Yep. My one this week is after a little online debate about raw red onions. I think raw red onions are disgusting. I saw that. I think they're overpowering. They, I'll wake up in the morning and I'll, I can f- not just taste it, I can feel it in my mouth. Does this include a raw red onion that has been soaked in water or anything else? I think well, that was going to be his that's tip. That's my tip. Oh, sorry. So I find well, it's going to be can, my tip. Damn it! I can deal with raw red onions if they've been soaked in vinegar or lemon juice, and I haven't tried water, but that's the tips that I all just the do chefs. Water. That's all the, the tips the chefs gave out. Um, yeah, that's oh, my tip. Do you know what? I'm water. with you though. Raw onion that hasn't been soaked stays with me. So in the way that garlic does for some people, I can still taste it twelve hours later. Yeah, repeats on you. Soak, soak your onions, Ben Grant. Mm. <laughs> Yeah. Who's El- next? Uh, yeah, Ellis? well, my one was just going to be soaking it in cold water, which is easier than soaking it in lemon juice or vinegar because you just get the tap and you only need to do it for 10, 15 minutes and it does take the bite out. I also think that people that don't like raw red onion often do like pickled red onion. Yes. So mm. soak I lo- it I in like a bit of Chardonnay vinegar. They go pretty onion. in purple. Beautiful, yeah. Yeah. And very thinly sliced. Yeah. Mm. Tip from Samuel Flynn Scott is slice them vertically. And it means you're um, breaking... Disrupting less of the membrane. Disrupting yeah, less membrane. So less one. crying, less yeah. intensity of flavour. Yeah, mm. that's clever. Did you learn anything interesting in the US to share with us? All I did was eat, Simon. No cooking. No. But I've got some cooking, a, a cooking tip or two. Um, I think as we come into the winter season, um, I would recommend that people don't cut and throw away the top green part of the leek. Um, I'm in favour of using the whole vegetable. And if they are really fibrous and dry, then at least keep them and put them in your stock for all your winter soups and things. That's a good tip. I think another one, um, just on the soup note, is that peeling ginger is another one that people struggle with um, wasting quite a lot of the flesh. So the way Mm. to do that is to get a teaspoon. I think we've had this tip before on on this in this section. So Mm. sorry, Sophie. See you. It's been fun, but you're out. Okay, use the leek, everyone. Use the leek. But also, just don't even peel your ginger. I throw whole pieces in smoothies. I just grate it with the skin. Like No one's even going to know. You're not Mm. trying to get an award from Henry. Just use the skin. You don't want a big quarry bit of skin. It's all part of your life, yeah? (laughs) Yeah, come Um, on, Simon. I don't have a, a technical tip so much as um, I've been – I love chicken and I love wine and I love cooking chicken and wine. Yeah. I love Coco Barn. And recently okay. I've switched to making it with white wine. Yes. Coco okay. Barn, Barn Blanc. And uh, oui, oui, oui. tip. I love it. Great. Get in there. Is that is Coco Van Blanc a thing? It's a thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's a thing. It's, it's, a thing. it's an underrated thing. Is it a Marcella Hazan recipe? I don't know, just riff. <laughs> so she's kind of like the godmother of Italian cooking, and her spaghetti bolognese is the one that's like three different meats and with milk, and that has white wine, not oh. red. Fun fact. So we've got two minutes before we break an hour, and I really don't want to. So where was the last 
great meal you had recently for our Last Supper segment. And what did you particularly enjoy? I loved the treacle butter at tasting at the tasting shed. Mm. They gave me a whole bunch to take away and I put it on crumpets. It was Yum. Easter, so I put it on hot cross buns. It's so good. The that, sweet and savoury just... That, and, and the sage and the ice cream at the tasting shed I thought was really oh. delicious. Simon and I were at the same lunch and yeah. he put butter on his bread and I did the same thing and we looked at each other <laughs> like, are you tasting this shit? It was so delicious. Um, last week uh, was my birthday, I think. Oh, last happy week. birthday. And um, for my birthday lunch, I went to Han. Oh, and, and oh. I had I've never been in Crispy I calamari the pancake. Um, it's delicious. That place is it's really good. So I good. think my mum might be working for them. She keeps really? forwarding me their weekly mailer. I'm not sure. <laughs> why. I had not judged them during the judges' period, but having talked to people who had. Um, I talked to a couple of judges who had been there, and I was like, I've got to go. Food sounds good. And yeah. they're lovely people. Oh, they're so nice. Yeah. Food's great. It's quite a weird fit out, but it's quite cool. It's got yeah. these like, pipes it's and stuff. It's kind of steampunkish, almost. Um, I really want to go with a big group of people. There's this like cage kind of seat, which is like a circular table. Oh, like the jacuzzi of, of, of blueberries. Maybe, <laughs> yeah, of maybe like eight seats that's kind of in this like bird cage thing. It's cool. Cool. Alice, um, where have you been eating? I went to Wellington recently, and I really enjoyed 11.54 Pastoria. Oh, my really gosh. cool I'm obsessed with that place. It's so good. I follow them on Instagram. It's kind of like pasta fast food, but in a good way. You order at the counter. I had the triangulari, which is like little parcels of pea and ricotta stuff, sage, brown butter sauce, hazelnuts. Mm. It's like swimming in, you know, brown butter sauce. Where is that? Bun, Mm. a little bread bun to mop it up. Delicious natural wine. It's on Cuba Street. Yeah, it's literally opposite Scoper and it's owned by the same people. Yeah, if I had it here, I'd go like every day. I have Maybe always wanted, well, Simon's friends have got a pasta shop here in Mount Eden, yes. but I've always thought that it would be cool to do something like that. Love you, Stefania. So yeah, it was nice seeing <laughs> Yes, you do. Um, okay, the best meal I've had recently, that's quite tricky. I've just been on holiday in the States. I'm going to mention the dessert that we were served at 11 Madison Park because I've never eaten anything that's so umami that your mouth is watering while you're eating it. <laughs> I'm not really into dessert, typically. Um, you won't hear me recommend dessert, but I had a um, Maya lemon and sesame parfait. And yeah. honestly, I can't, I can't, I cannot explain to you how bizarre it was. As soon as I put it in my mouth, I started salivating. Wow! And it was, it was um, had quite a lot of salt in it and the savouriness from mm. the. Um, I love sesame, sesame and dessert. Sorry, I'm eating a cheesel. We, oh my gosh! We've noticed. I forgot to try a cheesel. Yeah, sorry. I have been eating a lot of cheesels this. <laughs> this is my first ever cheesel. Just to wrap, wrap it up. What? Oh, give it an online review. It's gonna blow your mind. What do you think? She's loving it. Eyes are rolling back in her. Okay, head. it tastes better than I thought it would. It's amazing. That's cheesels, my final offer. Cheesels better than you thought. Out yeah. of ten. Out of ten. That's my last great meal. That bag of cheesels. Is oh it? my god! Yeah, I can see how you'd keep going. Oh Isn't that Hamilton's? Um, like city slogan? More than you'd expect. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Not as shit as you thought it'd be. <laughs> and the final recommendation on my hangover ramen is $1.99 from the supermarket. It's in a red packet, and it's called Shin Ramyun noodle soup. I'd actually like you to put that recipe on the spinoff.co.nz. It had mm. fresh corn, chopped spring onions, egg in it, and dumplings. It was covered in butter, and it was so good. It's how to chop chop from home when you can't leave the sofa. Hangover over. 
Good. Well, thanks for joining us, Henry. Thanks Congratulations. Thank you. Henry. Good luck next year. <laughs> thanks, guys. Did you put on weight? Um, yeah. You seem to be as lean as a bean all the time. Yeah, I was going to say, I, mean, I don't I'm, know you, yeah. but it doesn't look like it. <laughs> I'm not a big fluctuator. Mm. I put on 11 kgs <laughs> but, you know, in three weeks when I went to Italy. Yeah, I'm, I'm nervous about the New York. I was also, like, eating out a lot, and I was so full that I was at home, like, just having, like, a small bit of plain bread. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I reckon I put on a few kilos at the Marai this weekend. I did a Marai stay, and I ate a lot of... It's a tough job, guys. Someone's got to do it. Yeah. I'm glad we're here to do it for you. Thank you all for listening. See you next month. Thank you. Bye. Kia ora e te iwi. Te Butler here, podcast manager at The Spinoff. If you enjoy listening to our podcasts, consider supporting our mahi by signing up to become a spin-off member at thespinoff.co.nz slash donate. The Spinoff Podcast Network.